We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast presented by FanClash.com. It is Tuesday, November 8th, 2016. I'm Jake Letarski here alongside Eric Katuri. If you're out there on Twitter, give Eric a follow at ETCAT30. You can follow me at JakeSki52. Real quick before we get going, a uh, quick reminder if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher or your platform of your choice, go ahead and leave us a nice rating and review. Of course, any and all feedback, we all, we're always trying to get better for our listeners, is the long story made short there. So thanks in advance for taking the time to do that. 
Eric and I could rant about our week nine woes for days, but we're sure none of y'all want to hear that. It's one of those <laughs> tough luck weeks for both of us. Yeah. So let's jump right into Monday night football. Eric, Bills, Seahawks, pretty good game, pretty close game down to the wire. Some poor officiating maybe, but uh, I don't know, man. The Seahawks defense isn't looking like it once was. Can you kind of explain that for our listeners? Well, yeah, Cam Chancellor has missed a few games here, and I'm trying to, like, remember what the specific injury is and mm-hmm. but i can't anyway yeah he Either is way, one of your best defensive players yeah so. like one of the best safeties in the league by the way so mm-hmm. you know the your past defense is always going to suffer when you don't have that commun- communicator mm-hmm. back there yeah um anyway yeah they were ripped up by the bills though and tyrod taylor weren't mm-hmm. they yeah i mean it was the running and, and the receiving it, it was all over the place first off they gave up 25 points and that's despite i mean they should have at least given up 28 given that whole bogus field goal yeah no non-roughing the kicker call i mean you can just you can YouTube that, or you can just turn on NFL Network or ESPN and see that a half dozen times because they do like to uh, hash those things out here. But I mean, the Bills ran the ball 38 times for 162 yards, scored two rushing touchdowns, neither of which went to LaShawn McCoy. And then, of course, you got on the Bills side Robert Woods leading the way, 10 for 162 on 13 targets. And I mean, you, Richard Sherman can only do so much on his side of the field, uh, however you want to play that. But, I mean, it was a good fantasy day for Robert Woods. I'm still not necessarily in the camp that he can continue this moving forward. I mean, are you trying to pick up Robert Woods because of what he did against Seattle? No, I'd rather focus on some of the guys we're going to talk about later. And, yeah. I I mean, I have a bunch of those guys anyway. But, yeah, we'll mention those uh, yeah. wideouts that you need yeah. to really target this week. Yeah, absolutely. This is the Week 10 Waiver Wire podcast, after all. It is a little bit of a shallow, barren week, but we did dig up some names for you guys to hopefully uh, help in that sense here. Mm-hmm. Finishing off uh, the Monday Night Analysis, though, I mean, LaShawn McCoy, decent fantasy day, 21 for 85. Uh, he also caught four passes for 35 yards on five targets. I believe he hit about... 17 points in a PPR format, so nothing to really complain about there. Um, Also of note, I mean, Percy Harvin was active for this game. Doesn't look like he caught a pass here. One other thing on the Bills' side, Mike Gillisley, vultured a touchdown from LaShawn McCoy, also carried the ball eight times for 32 yards. I mean, is there any waiver wire value in... uh, in Gillisley, I mean, keep in mind the Bills do have a Week 10 buy, so you won't be able to use him even if McCoy's not at 100%. Yeah, you're right. So McCoy's going to use this week to, you know, get even more healthier than mm-hmm. in advance of, you know, his return in, uh, or their next game in Week 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I think Gillisley can still have some utility. He proved that he could be a lead back, you know, re- mm-hmm. previously with McCoy out. And um, why not, like, give him roughly five to ten carries to take some of the load off McCoy as the season goes on? Yeah, why not try to preserve... In pursuit of a playoff yeah. spot, you Yeah, know? of course, the Bills fall to four and five on this one. Yeah. But, uh, and, of course, anybody playing in New England's division is merely playing for a wild card spot yeah. at this point. But it's got to go to someone. I guess, why not the Bills? I mean, jealously, someone that you'll have to you'll have to hang on to, tough out the buy. Someone mm-hmm. I'd say uh, both LaShawn McCoy owners looking for a handcuff can consider, as well as very, very deep league owners absolutely here. Right, but... But if you do have a shallow bench, it's really difficult to like actually, you know, yeah, warrant him keeping him around. Week. Yeah, that's I, a, I'm, I'm just like that. He's a drop candidate for me in 12 team league. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll get yeah. to some uh, potential ads for the upcoming week later on in the show. But real quick, let's talk about the Seattle side. Russell Wilson. Pretty solid day. I mean, 93.7 QBR, if you buy into that metric at all. That's based out of 100, so (laughs) not too bad, I guess. 20 for 26, 282, and two touchdowns. He also had a rushing touchdown here. The Seahawks, as a team, carried the ball just 12 times for 33 yards. Christine Michael, 
one rushing yard. Of course, he did have a touchdown to somewhat salvage the day for fantasy owners. C.J. Procise, nine rushing yards. Tyler Lockett was their leading rusher. He carried the ball one time for 13 yards. I mean, what do you make of this, Eric? Is this just game flow? Is this Because this, this is really weird to me. 26 passes, 12 runs. I mean, the Seahawks didn't have the ball very much, but when they did, they were able to get down the field. Russell Wilson's looking maybe a little bit better. Yeah, I guess what I – I think that this is a, like, game plan-specific um, – type of thing that happened here um I mean the bill the strength of the bill's defense is their defensive front and defensive front seven mm-hmm. um so why not try to pick on the you know uh secondary that can give up a decent amount of production exactly um and you know obviously Jimmy Grant took full advantage of that absolutely Russell Wilson uh kind of developing a favorite target in Jimmy Graham caught all eight of his targets that was a team high by the way for 103 yards two touchdowns Doug Baldwin getting involved as well, six for 89, all six of his targets. Yeah. Russell Wilson, very efficient. Yeah, but those two touchdowns were some of the most like ridiculous ones you'll see, like Absolutely. one-handed. The one-handed catch was nasty. The one-handed that he got his feet in bounds. I'm sitting here mm-hmm. going against Jimmy Graham on, on Monday night in leagues where I think I'm safe, and I proved to very much not be mm-hmm. safe. Jimmy Graham uh, either elevating your hopes or crushing the hopes of fantasy owners in Monday night so, football. So, yeah, he, he, he had a 30-point game in PPR. Full PPR, which is which is so nasty. Sick. Uh, <laughs> lastly, I mean, uh, Tyler Lockett, one catch for seventeen yards, two ca- targets. Opportunities just not there. You'd have to be in a pretty deep league to hang on to him at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson is only looking in, at in two different players' direction right now, and it's uh, Jimmy yeah. Graham and Doug Baldwin. Yeah, typically known for spreading the ball around. Not so much the case here on Monday night. Russell Wilson. I think he's getting healthier. I don't think he's quite there yet. I saw a defender kind of bring him down for a sack when the defender was already on their knees. Mm-hmm. I've seen Russell Wilson between the Badgers and his NFL career run away from that a hundred times in his life. Yeah. So I don't think he's quite one hundred percent yet, but he's at least shown that he's got the capability of having decent fantasy days in the meantime. Yeah, that MCL sprain is still definitely hindering his uh, ability or mobility, rather. Yeah, he's and, uh, always he, known for his escapability. Yeah, and he had a uh, pectoral injury as well, so, you know, he's hurting in a few yep. spots at the moment. Yeah, just to add that to the laundry list here. Well, Eric, let's jump into our waiver wire fab preview here. Remember, all fab recommendations based on a 12-team standard format with a $100 budget. So, of course, if you're in a 24-team league, Double those bids. If, bids if you if it's a two hundred dollar budget, double those recommended bids. That kind of thing. Of course, waiver claims work a little bit differently. Percent owned figures. I think we took these mostly this morning. Didn't take them during Monday night. So uh, maybe adjusted a little bit more time to adjust for those first come first serve leagues. Just a quick disclaimer there. Week ten buys. Also, we've got the Bills, the Lions, the Colts, and the Raiders. So not quite as painful as it's been the last couple weeks, but still some big fantasy guys to take a look at here. Let's start with quarterbacks. Eric, last week we kind of re- thought Colin Kaepernick might be in for a nice day. That he did. However, this week he goes to Arizona, who is fresh off a of bye week. Uh, pretty much no situation outside of two quarterbacks, super flex leagues, that you can really worry about Kaepernick this week. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, like, I'm, I'm trying to look up here what because uh, 49ers have already played uh, Arizona. Um, I think uh, it was Blaine Gabbard. Under, show, it was yep. Blaine Gabbard under center at that uh, point, though. So it's mm-hmm. not like so it's tough to get a, uh, a good I, read on Kaepernick. Just a heads up when it comes to Arizona's defense. So they're going to be a, without Tyron Matthew for at least one game because of a shoulder injury. And Marcus Cooper can be picked on on the other side. Uh, you know, with Patrick Peterson on the other. Yeah, absolutely. I like to look at rest of season schedules at this point here. Mm-hmm. They got the Cardinals, then the Patriots, and the Dolphins. Then there's a couple of decent matchups in here for. Kaepernick at Chicago, the Jets at home, 
at Atlanta. So there are there might be some times in the fantasy football playoff that if you're really a tinkerer and you've got garbage for quarterbacks, then maybe he's worth holding on to. But again, it's got to be a pretty deep format here. As far as stream candidates, one guy I do want to consider is, uh, <clears throat> I can't believe I'm saying this, Jay Cutler of the Chicago Bears. They find themselves one-point favorites currently heading into Tampa Bay in a game where the over-under is 45. We saw Matt Ryan torch the Bucks defense. The Bucks' pass defense is particularly susceptible here. Can Jay Cutler lead a charge and have a good game against the Bucks this week. Yeah, and he does have his, uh, you know, two favorite, or he proved that he could uh, connect with his two favorite targets, which were Zach Miller and, or our Zach Miller and uh, Alshon Jeffrey mm-hmm. in that game two weeks ago. Yep, and Jordan Howard looking excellent as well. So that yeah. provides him with yet another weapon to maybe get this offense clicking a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, so that's good, a good thing, right? They're going to, there's going to be balance. Defense is going to be paying attention to Jordan Howard in the running game. Absolutely. So they, they, he could, or should be able to easily exploit this Bucks defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jay Cutler, someone probably left on the waiver wire, and I'm just going to full disclosure, full disclaimer here. If you pick up Jay Cutler and start him every week, there are going to be some weeks where he makes you sick to your stomach, but then there are going to be some other weeks where he has some good games. So it's it's very boomer bust, a little bit risky with Jay Cutler. But if you analyze the matchups right, you might be okay. A rest of season for Jay at Tampa Bay, of course, this week at the Giants, Tennessee, San Francisco, at Detroit. Green Bay, Washington, and Minnesota. So there's some there's some targetable matchups in there, some favorable ones for Jay Cutler here. Yeah. So worth owning in, in probably more formats than Kaepernick. I think I'd put Cutler a little bit ahead. Of, now, Kaepernick raises the floor with his rushing, but mm-hmm. I still think I, I would rather own Cutler than Kaepernick uh, just because I, of, of the elite receivers and offensive weapons that Cutler has at his disposal. Yeah, no doubt. And, and just because the uh, you know what you're getting out of the running game in Chicago, whereas... I mean, Sean, or sorry, uh, Dewan Harris had a good game for uh, the 49ers this past week, yeah. but that, it, it's kind of air. up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in the running back conversation. Mm-hmm. We'll get you a two-quarterback league update here, Eric. Cody Kessler, the Browns, kind of dealing with a leg thing. He seems to be the starter of healthy, which was the case here. Only getting better with Corey Coleman around, right? Yeah, Corey Coleman will only get healthier, and the rapport will get stronger You know, as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, if any Browns quarterback really establishes himself, he's got Pryor, who's really emerged. Corey Coleman showed in Week 2 what he can do, and then Gary Barnage is still around. You've got a dual-threat back system. And the, you know, I'm not surprised that the Browns are 0-9 because they're the Browns, but the offense has some weapons that are fantasy-worthy here. Another two-quarterback news update. Case Keenum, he's going to start Week 10 against the Jets, no matter how much the fans are clamoring for first overall pick Jared Goff or Tim Tebow, for that matter. Uh, I mean, put the Jets secondary on the rise? Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, so they're, they've allowed uh, 247 yards per game passing, of course, and three touchdowns during the past three games. But they've only allowed more than 10 standard fantasy points once in that three-game stretch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's a little uh, iffy. Especially with the weapons afforded, Case Keenum, yep. uh, Kenny Britt, Lance Kendricks are his two best uh, receiving options at the moment. Yeah, well, and I mean, granted, the Jets got to go against uh, Ryan Tannehill last week, which sure. is going to help those numbers a little bit here. Uh, speaking of the Jets, another two-quarterback league update for you. It looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick has a sprained MCL. I saw I saw Schefter come on Monday Night Football last night to uh, discuss that. So he's going to be day-to-day. We don't really know too much about Fitz, but of course Bryce Petty would be next up. Largely unknown, down his big weapon in Eric Decker. I just, I am not really going after him outside of two quarterback formats. Yeah, it, I mean, you have to be in the really deepest of league to actually consider picking him up this week, and you have to have, you know, maybe you have Tyrod Taylor and uh, you know Derek Carr as your 
um, you know, two quarterbacks in a two quarterback league. That's you know, sixteen teams. Yeah, and I mean, or I would, massive I would, rosters. I would love for those guys. I mean, if that if those two are my quarterbacks in a two quarterback league, given but their the, price on draft day here, I probably am stacked elsewhere on my team. But yeah, there those two guys are on buy, for example, this week. Oh, so then you might need to yeah. you know take a stab in the dark. <laughs> oh yes, I, <laughs> at I'm Bryce sorry. Petty. I that's what I was at getting the same at. Page there, but I, yeah. I, I hear you. That would be one reason why you would pick up Bryce Petty. Another one quick uh, QB update: Alex Smith only owned twenty five percent of ESPN leagues he's going to be back to being the starter week 10 I know Nick Foles the people were saying a lot of people like to uh, who wanted to get their hot takes out there said "Ooh, Foles throws the deep ball a little better maybe if Foles has a really good game against Jacksonville he'll take that role not the case only managed to score 19 points against the meddling Jaguars uh, so just not a lot to like there it's going to go back to Alex Smith where your expectations are going to be roughly the same as they were before the concussion yeah, issues we did have Jeremy Macklin you know coming to or he suffered a groin injury on Thursday fair enough he didn't practice he was able to practice on a limited, limited basis Friday he was questionable going into the weekend mm-hmm. he played you know in the first quarter but got injured immediately and didn't return Big so he was so, he was, owners, so yeah. he was down like so Nick Foles is down his best wide receiving option and then Travis Kelsey proceeded to get kicked out of the game in the fourth quarter in the most hilarious ejection <laughs> of all time I feel like there's a Kenny Powers thing they're like I'm effing out no you're effing out Something like that. But it was right. great. It was great. Go watch it. I'm sure there's a gift somewhere online if you want to check catching Kelsey. Of course, he probably cut a promo for his, his dating show on E-Network, but that's a whole other conversation. That might have been why he did it. Maybe. That, that's. <laughs> I mean, you never would see him do something like that before. Who the heck knows? It's great It's great promo material, dude. We could have a whole show on Travis Kelsey and how awesome that was and how flabbergasted the referee looked when once he got the flag thrown on him (laughs) just excellent stuff overall here let's actually help some fantasy owners let's talk about running backs that they might be able to pick up on the waiver wire last week we talked about Darren Sproles kind of a modest game I actually like him again this week I know Ryan Matthews vultured the touchdown but Sproles was really getting the majority of the touches there Timmy Hightower had a nice day, but I, my theory says that uh, Mark Ingram is going to kind of come back, and he's he didn't turn the ball over, much more explosive. We know who Tim Hightower is at this stage in his career. This is going to be Mark Ingram's momentum moving forward, right? I mean, Tim yeah. Hightower is still worth owning because, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, Ingram coughs it up again, then Hightower's back in the driver's seat. But I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the momentum that Ingram built against the Niners and give him the benefit of the doubt. So what, what do you think the breakdown of – Touches will be among the two in the backfield. I see. We I say we see about a flip. I, I I would put Ingram in the eighteen to twenty-two range and Hightower in the eight to ten range. Yeah. And if Ingram has another huge game, it's going to be back to what we were expecting earlier mm-hmm. in the week here. Yeah. And didn't Ingram average like eleven yards per carry in that game or something yeah, like that? He, I mean, he got like I mean, eight, eight less carries th- than Hightower, I believe, but uh, significantly more explosive. He was yeah. the big play guy. He was that was bolstered by a seventy-five yard run. You know, granted. Yeah. And the Forty Nine ers <laughs> going to give up a few of those. Now, granted, they do have a tougher matchup here the Saints do against the Broncos here but the Broncos actually rank right in the middle of the pack in DVOA that's a pro football mm-hmm. focused rushing defense metric there and uh, I, mean, I mean the Broncos the perception about the Broncos they got a stellar defense but their run defense can be gashed a little bit as we saw by Latavius Murray and mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon those types of players so both those Saints running backs still might have some utility this mm-hmm. week I'm leaning more towards Ingram than Hightower real quick we can also lament about 
Chalk Kendrick West here oh, of the Kansas City. I was wondering why you wrote Chalk, but okay, I got it. <laughs> oh, I got the you got, yeah, I got the I got it now. Got the Chalk because I mean he was everybody's Chalk player, whether it was right. DFS, whether it was pick him up. Uh, hey, they got the Jags that matchup rocks here. If Spencer Ware's not going to play, they are going to run through their running back, run the ball a bunch, give him a bunch of passes. Not necessarily the case. I do think Chalk Kendrick West still needs to be owned until Ware is clear of all the concussion symptoms and whatnot. That being said, I don't thrust him into my starting lineups with super high expectations yeah and just a note on Spencer Ware too he or coach Andy Reid is actually hopeful that he'll be able to come back and actually practice this week get out of the concussion protocol yeah so something to watch other guys we mentioned in the past Rob Kelly and Peyton Barber Rob Kelly coming off a bye week of course he's still got to contest with Matt Jones and Chris Thompson so yeah there there was some tweet that I saw yesterday and I don't know if it was from one of the beat writers or what but it, it seems like that Matt Jones will have to earn the job back so Robert Kelly is seemingly the number one back in Washington at the moment. All right. So, yeah, if you're desperate for a back, maybe Rob Kelly someone to take a look at uh, just to kind of see. Of course, tune in to Rotowire. We'll keep you posted here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some new guys, though. Our, our boy, Liss's boy, Paul Perkins of the Giants, owned <laughs> in just 6% of Yahoo and 4% of ESPN leagues. This is a past mention. We've talked about Paul Perkins in the past and his explosiveness. We're just going to go ahead and rehash it because he actually got – noteworthy amount of carries it was an even split with Rashad Jennings this past week against the Eagles in a win um have you what do you make of this Eric well he was facing a uh so his production first of all 11 carries 32 yards you know not exactly great roughly three yards per carry but better than Rashad's I mean going against Eagles defensive front is a you know kind of a tough matter right Mm -hmm. and then also the fact that the Giants O-line is kind of dour like that the combination of that has you know, uh, just, made him uh, 3.4 yards per carry so yeah. far. Yeah, and I mean, Bobby Rainey, he was active, but only five snaps, so yeah. really a non-factor. Paul Perkins has more pass-catching upside than Rashad Jennings. Yeah. And as long as they're getting similar carries, I think you need to take a look at Paul Perkins. Uh, yeah, especially I, PPR formats, yeah, right? Absolutely. I think you can get him in the 6 to $8 range this week. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, I mean, you might be if able you to. Want, you, you might, might e- even be able to do less, but if you want to make sure you get him, I'm saying six yeah. dollar range. Yeah, you you might be able to sneak sneak by with like a you know three to four dollar bid, but if you have very attentive owners, yeah, you're gonna have to go to the six to eight dollar range. Absolutely, we're a little late on this running back because the Hyde news was kind of murky for most of last week. But I do want to talk about Dewan Harris of the 49ers, uh, 33% owned in Yahoo, 31% in ESPN leagues. Uh, but I mean, Dewan Harris, his big game and his value is really very contingent on Carlos Hyde. Eric, what's the latest on Carlos Hyde? Yeah, so uh, we actually got this news right before coming into the uh, pod room, uh, media room here to record this pod. So Carlos Hyde is still in a non-contact jersey Tuesday. So just a heads up, it'll be something to watch. But actually the last two weeks of practice, he's done the exact same thing. Now, Mm -hmm. donned a non-contact jersey. So, I mean, we're just going to – he's going to have to remove that seemingly before he – is actually cleared. Yeah, so yet another reason to tune in to Rotowire. Was Go to rotowire.com slash POD to check those injury status updates. Eric and uh, Mike leading the way, charged with the practice reports, yeah. getting you ready to go. So I, I think uh, last year, so Mark Ingram was dealing with a shoulder injury, correct? And, you know, I think his uh, status was up in there for a few weeks. And then they finally revealed season-ending, you know, shoulder surgery. You know, torn labrum. They finally found it, or whatever. Okay. So I mean, it's, it's just something to like keep you know, keep an eye on. I, I'm not saying that Carlos Hyde has that injury, but you know, 
Yeah. Well, if you're a Carlos Hyde owner and you've been riding some of his bigger games from earlier in the year, I think you would be very wise to latch on to Dewan Harris and probably even a bigger bid than yeah. the Paul Perkins. Now, his availability got coughed up a little bit because people were able to do immediate ads after Fab cleared last week when they found out that Hyde was ready to go. So people jumped on Hyde, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, on Harris in a lot of formats, but he's still only owned in 33% of Yahoo and 31% ESPN leagues last time I checked. So go ahead and throw a 15 to $20 bid on him uh, just to be safe yeah exactly and just one one thing to know before we move on uh he got Dewan Harris that is got 53 of the 60 offensive snaps so he's the clear lead back right now with yep. Carlos Hyde out your Mike Davis's your Sean Drawn's all afterthoughts here honorable mentions Kenneth Dixon's kind of sneaking into the carry count of Terrence West they've got the Browns on Thursday night it's a short week here Brown's giving up the third most points to opposing running backs, so possibly something to watch here. We all like the upside of Dixon, but West is probably still the safer play until further notice, but spec ad for, for Dixon if he's healthy? Yeah, I'd say so. Just one thing to keep an eye on. He was questionable to return this past Sunday's game due to a chest contusion, but then he practiced in full on Monday, so he, his health looks to be okay. I'll give my TV a chest contusion after my Week 10 <laughs> fantasy rows, woes here. Also, Cabri Bibbs. Uh, I mean, it's a name, it's a guy. Uh, Devontae Booker's backup had a really nice touchdown run where he did it all on Sunday night when the game was well out of hand. Coach Gary Kubiak did acknowledge that he has earned his way to more touches here. So maybe a deep league, someone to take a look at if, if you're... Yeah. If you're, you got to be stretching a little bit, though. I'm pretty sure that Devontae Booker is still the man there. And, and, and I'm, I'm still buying into Booker's skills, especially with the matchup this week against the Saints, who are tied with the 49ers, I believe, each giving up 12 rushing touchdowns this yeah. season. Yeah, and you're not exactly worried about you know uh the pass rush of the saints you know getting to trevor Semyon. on the other hand mm-hmm. i think uh, I, mean, Booker, I am a cameron I, jordan owner in stake yeah, yeah. as far as pass rush he right. gets some sacks once in a while yeah. but outside of that there's not a whole lot but I'll, I'll just note this Devonte booker is not the pass protector that cj anderson is so it's just something that maybe Capri Bibbs is actually better at, and that will earn him more touches in yeah. obvious passing downs. Uh, yes. I could see him getting a little bit more third-down work here. Uh, if you love to play fantasy football and think you know more than the rest of the sports world about it, we have a website for you. Put that fantasy knowledge to the test on Fan Clash Trivia, the number one sports trivia site for cash and prizes. Rotowire has teamed up with FanClash.com to bring you Week 9 and 10 trivia with cash on the line. Rotowire will be running free contests on Fan Clash against Rotowire experts on November 9th and November 15th. Of course, uh, November 9th, that is tomorrow. So uh, double check that here. Get your votes in today and then go to fanclash.com to uh, try some trivia against the Rotowire experts. Again, it's a free contest for all Rotowire users with cash prizes on the line. Reserve your spot now and you will compete with Rotowire's Kevin Payne on November 9th to see who really knows the most about NFL trivia from all of Week 9 and Week 10's action. Cash prizes go to the top 100 scores and the top 5 will also win Free six-month Rotowire subscriptions. That's a $40 value, folks. You can't go wrong there for $0 in entry fees. Hey. Go to fanclash.com slash Rotowire to sign up now here. Uh, I mean, sports trivia. I know you and I are both pretty big bar trivia guys. Yeah. Uh, definitely liking the sports trivia aspect of it. Might give FanClash a shot here for free. There's not a whole lot to lose here, especially if the top 100 are getting cash prizes. I mean, do you think there's any, uh, you know... Maybe throw some world geography and some science questions in there, <laughs> something like that. I'm Who just knows? saying, is there like a, 
oh, what's the term? Uh, I mean, we work for RotoWire, obviously, so this is a RotoWire promo. Can we actually take part and like profit from this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but you can compete. Maybe we can't take part in profit, but uh, just let us know how you do, though. Yeah, yeah, let us know how you do. Maybe we'll work in there and compete with you guys. Seriously, yeah. so fanclash.com, it's a new, interesting concept. It's uh, something worth taking a look at, especially mm-hmm. if you're at work right now and don't really want to be at work right now and want to answer some trivia questions. Yeah, why yeah. not, right? Check out fanclash.com here. All right, Eric, let's jump into the wide receiver portion of the second half of our show here. Last week, we talked about J.J. Nelson with the warning and contingent that he would be on a bye in Week 9. Now he's back, and I think people had to make tough roster cuts and released him, and he's available, I'm sorry, he's owned in only 16% of Yahoo and 10% of ESPN leagues here, looking more and more like a deep threat in Arizona. Do you pick him up if you're in need? Uh, Yeah, so (laughs) coming off their bye week, they actually did... Uh, hold a practice today the Cardinals Mm -hmm. and in the early portion like Larry Fitzgerald wasn't there he came into the week with an injury Mm -hmm. um and then also Michael Floyd wasn't seen at all either so doesn't John Brown have the sickle cell trait yep exactly so he's like a week-to-week you know type of play I mean he's expected to play because they figured out like the uh they they basically figured out uh how to keep like help him avoid fatigue Mm -hmm. anyway um if, if those two top two um, options are actually injured. Are limited or out. Yeah. Then, then it's JJ Nelson. I, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is so durable that I'm not really worried about him missing any action. But if he's a little banged up, I think it was his ankle that yep. he had. Um, JJ Nelson has proved the past two games for the Cardinals that he's actually, he, he knows all the route uh, combinations yep. at this point. Fitz is going to move the year. chains. Nelson's going to stretch the field here. The Cardinals mm-hmm. host San Francisco. Week 10, where there are 13 and a half point favorites. So, outside of the blowout potential, there uh, maybe someone to take a look at because they'll look to Nelson possibly <coughs> early. Another name worth bringing up who's owned in 55% of ESPN formats that's Corey Coleman. We mentioned him last week, was targeted seven times in, in his return and only caught three for 41. So, a pretty modest day for Corey Coleman. That being said, you look back at his week two stat line when he scored twice, was a big play guy. I think he's going to make his way more towards that. You got to pick up Corey Coleman, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I love this guy. I own him in every single league that I'm in right mm-hmm. now. So, um, And he's also facing the Baltimore defense. That's the fourth most yielding to wideouts this season. They've allowed 14 touchdowns in eight games. Yeah, John made an interesting point when talking. He's a Ravens fan. We were talking mm-hmm. about the Ravens-Steelers game. That game always seems to be a little bit more gritty, uh, especially on the front lines and defensively, than uh, the, the, you know, the rivalry game brings that added intensity that maybe other games don't so much. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't like to look at that when trying to analyze us, you know, the rest of the history. I'd look at the, the eight, nine games before that, before I look at just that game in a sure. microscope here. So someone to take a look at here, because uh, Corey the, Coleman could do some damage against I Baltimore. Mean, do the Ravens, the Ravens probably don't take the Browns as seriously as they do the Steelers too. And coming off like that emotional high of, and of beating the Steelers, yes, can't exactly. you see like Corey Coleman like running all over them? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it gives you a reason to tune into the Thursday night game, which could be one of the yeah. best all year long, no sarcasm there at all. Browns no, at Ravens right? on Thursday night. <laughs> Definitely want to tune in there. Richard Matthews of the Titans. Poor transition, I know, but we got to mention Richard Matthews. Six for 62 on, and two touchdowns. Another huge day. He's essentially becoming a pretty favorite target of Mariota. I'd say he's surpassed your Kendall Wrights. He's surpassed your Tajay Sharps. 
Five touchdowns in the last five games. I mean, he's even, got to, he's almost got to be owned at some point, right? Yeah, even Delaney Walker. Uh, and did you mention eleven percent owned on ESPN? Is that it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh man, I mean, the guy is <laughs> uh, he's available everywhere, and he's more than a serviceable fill-in uh, for you here. I know people have probably been burned by someone like Rashard Matthews in the past. Uh, he's actually thirty-one percent owned in Yahoo, so a little bit more mm-hmm. scooped up already in your Yahoo leagues. But uh, someone to take keep an eye out for. Yeah, and. As you mentioned, becoming the favorite target of Marcus Mariota, five touchdowns over the last five games, and he's but he's averaging eleven point four yards per catch and eight point six yards per target. So it's me. It kind of means that he's a little touchdown dependent on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And during that five game stretch when he didn't have a touchdown, I think he only had. 30 to 40 yards. Yeah. So you're looking at, you know, three to four points. Yeah, it's a little bit of high risk, high reward. But, uh, I mean, I do own Mariota as a quarterback in two leagues, and in one of them I am currently rostering Matthews, or I, I was at least for, for tough bye weeks. And when I low-end flexed him, it actually has worked out well for me over this mm-hmm. past stretch here. Yeah. All right. And one last reminder, Jameson Crowder owned in 53% of ESPN formats, red hot heading into the bye week. But again, folks might have had to make some tough roster cuts. And uh, I mean, Jameson Crowder's kind of taking over as a wide receiver, too, I'd say, in Washington. Someone uh, that Kirk Cousins liked to look at repeatedly. Maybe not so much in the red zone area, but he can still find his way to the end zone and, and can get you receptions and yards for the Washington Redskins. Oh, what's their upcoming matchup again? This week, I believe Washington. Oh, uh, Minnesota. Fresh off the bye. Yeah. Ooh, so that's a little bit dicey. Maybe he's a pickup and stash this Mi- week. Minnesota's been a little more yielding though to wide receivers uh, of late. I think uh, didn't. So Golden Tate did score. Uh, did Marvin Jones have a touchdown? In that Marvin game? Jones caught one pass for five yards. Oh, no I'm sorry. Touchdowns. So uh, Xavier Road pretty much put the put the kibosh yeah, on right. any uh, uh, on any Marvin Jones fantasy hopes. Golden Tate though, the secondary option. Uh, pretty good. So I don't think they're going to have Xavier Rhodes try to cover Jordan Reed no, as their best receiver. Maybe he covers Deshaun Jackson. Maybe he covers Crowder. I guess you can wait and see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anquan Bolden had the other wideout touchdown against yep. Minnesota, but they have given up. Uh, they were, they've been more susceptible to giving up touchdowns to wideouts mm-hmm. of late, even though they're the best on the season against wideouts in terms of fantasy points given up. Yeah, Minnesota definitely just overall a team on the decline. I don't know how that affects the defensive secondary. But, yeah. but uh, again, showing that it can be done against mm-hmm. that defense that was thought to be one of the top. Tight end talk, Eric. Last week we threw out Austin Hooper. He scored a touchdown on the Thursday night game. And, uh, I mean, he seems like someone, he's like the younger, ready to step into the shoes of the veteran Jacob Tamry. So even as Tammy gets healthy, I think Hooper still is rosterable down the stretch. Yeah, exactly. He he did sh- still, like, keep up the, you know, 15.3 yards per catch that he had been average. I mean, I, obviously it was above that, but he averaged 15.3 yards per catch. You know, he, he has some big playability in there, and he, and he is coming out of tight end U, Stanford. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple honorable mentions in the tight end position to get to. Richard Rodgers of the Packers had 10 targets in Sunday's depressing <laughs> loss to the Colts, but it's not like I'm going to trust Richard Rodgers all of a sudden. I mean, maybe they'll get cooked back at some point down the stretch. I mean, I, it could just be a product of some of the receivers not being 100%. I also think it was possibly game plan, but I'm not ready to depend on Richard Rodgers week to week unless he comes out and gets 20 targets over the next two weeks. Yeah, so <laughs> he had eight catches coming into the game, six catches uh, this past weekend. Really? I mean, it's really tough to, yeah. you know, 
consider this a trend until he does it a few weeks in a row. Yeah, so if you're like looking through the box scores and not much more and are trying to find guys, like don't look too far into that Richard Rodgers line. Some mm-hmm. guy that I do think is back, though, uh, some guy, more than some guy, Philadelphia Eagles tight end Zach Ertz is only owning 52% of ESPN leagues. That's a coin toss. He's pretty much back, and I think the more Carson Wentz throws to Zach Ertz, the better he'll play overall. Maybe not the case with the two interceptions he threw Sunday, but Zach Ertz, 8 for 97 on 8 targets uh, uh, against the Giants. I think Zach Ertz has tight end potential. Are you with me, Eric? Yeah, you, and you have to love the upcoming matchup, too. Facing the Falcons, which boasts the 31st-ranked pass defense. And the Falcons have also given up six touchdowns to tight ends this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot to like there. One other tight end I want to talk about, Lance Kendricks, uh, 19% of ESPN leagues. Keenum went to him quite a bit. Seven catches for 90 yards on a pretty jaw-dropping 12 targets. Also dropped a costly touchdown catch, so we'll see how yeah, that affects the trust there. Just bobbled it, like yeah. it, it didn't didn't try to bring it into his body. Yeah, at all. It, it was just a, a veteran tight end. It's, it's mm-hmm. very surprising to see that come up. Maybe he was too open. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Is that a thing <laughs> that people still blame it too, being too wide open? So yeah, I get, who knows what what went down there? But I mean, if you're if you're in a deep league and need someone that's getting steady targets, looks. Maybe Lance Hendricks is someone that you think about, but I think maybe, out of all those names, you look to Ertz first, Hooper second. Yeah, maybe, maybe the uh, Southern California, Southern California sun was just beating down on him at that moment, and you just couldn't handle it. Yeah, that had to be it. All right, <laughs> streaming defense options here. Uh, one option that jumps out to me, who I actually cut in a previous week, is the Los Angeles Rams. Man, I almost said St. Louis again. I'm still getting used to that. But they're owned in just 30% of ESPN leagues. And they're going up against, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick slash Bryce Petty slash even, I just, I don't None of those quarterbacks are any good. Obviously, Geno Smith, not a factor with a knee injury. So whether it's Fitz or Bryce Petty, the Rams are a stream option. Yeah, for sure. And they're only 30% owned, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, why not? Like, I mean, let's see. I would almost bet, I, I don't ever advocate doing this, but I would almost spend a dollar or two in fab money to get the Rams because the rest of the season seems okay. I mean, their front seven, led by Aaron Donald, is is stellar. And they're going to get you some sacks every week. Yeah, and so if you're if you're unfortunate enough to own, you know, Oakland or Indy or Detroit or Buffalo's D, well, Buffalo's I mean, the only D that you'd yeah, really that, be owning. Probably they're, they're, yeah, that that's group. the thing. But if you're in a deeper league or whatever, you know, definitely drop them immediately and pick up the Rams. Yeah, definitely take a look at the Rams. But I mean, here. I think they got to be the top streaming yeah, choice. Yeah, for sure. And do, I mean, are there any? you know, defenses uh, that are facing difficult matchups this week? I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at over-unders for the game, and that's why I kind of picked the Jets yeah. and the Rams because they're the only team that's over-under is under 40. Oh, wow. The next, uh, the next lowest over-under is Minnesota at Washington, 42. But Minnesota's probably a picked up. Washington wouldn't actually be a bad streaming defense candidate the way that Sam Bradford and the Vikings offensive line have been playing. So mm-hmm. maybe consider them as a backup to the Rams this week. I think they, that could be a profitable pickup for you. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanClash.com. Also remember to check out Rotowire Free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash pod. Also, one final reminder, I'm, me, Jake Latarski, I'm going to be going live on Rotowire's Facebook page in the final hour before kickoff this Sunday for a little bit of last minute. Ask an expert. You can talk about how to use the site, DFS advice. You can ask me about UFC 205 from Madison Square Garden on Saturday because I'll certainly be tuning in. 
tuning in. Be sure to look like us on Facebook to get in on the action. Once again, I'm Jake Latarski. You can follow me on Twitter at jakeski52. And over here, I'm Eric Turry, and you can find me on Twitter at etcat30. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with Mario and John. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.